word. And we ask you to open our hearts and ears to hear and receive what you have to say to us. Thank you, Lord, for everything you're doing for us. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen. So yesterday we started talking about the fact that we have not for two reasons. Reasons that we don't have what we are um, uh, desiring or what we need even. And um, there's so many people out here that have needs and have no way to get them met. Uh, We are blessed and fortunate that we have God because we always have a way to get our needs met. Could you imagine what it would be like to just not have a home and not where to go? You don't know where to go to for shelter. You don't know where to go for uh, to be fed. Any of that, and that's really what many people have um, without Christ. They they just don't have a way. And I can 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 look at the parallel between homelessness and the the exodus of people from the church. You know, you look at. The fact that uh, fewer and fewer people in this country call themselves Christians now. And there are fewer and fewer people uh, who are connected uh, in regular fellowship to a church. I know there's a lot of religious information out here, but it really is not the same thing. Uh, That life of sitting there listening to tapes or listening to uh, live streams and all that kind of stuff uh, is totally different than coming to the house of worship and submitting yourself to proper spiritual authority. Number one, you don't get growth if you're not accountable to anybody. You sit there and you can turn a message on and off at will. Uh, You're not really accountable to anybody. I think sometimes people use... Uh, that that vehicle of um, you know internet uh, church and, and TV church as a means to keep themselves feeling you know like when you're in a low point you want to feel better let's see if there's some good message on television and it's uh, it's all self-controlled and it has little to do with your spiritual growth there's a lot of emotional Um, component there you know feeling better is not the same thing as growing spiritually it's not the same thing as having your faith developed nor is it the same thing of understanding the call of God on your life and fulfilling that call there's so much missing uh, from that system and so when we look at things like that and we think to ourselves you know there's so many people who are missing it uh, because they won't submit to God's system of how he uh, wants to develop his people. What does he expect of his bride? What does he expect of his body? And he expects us to be under authority, number one. He expects us to be under church authority. And that is the fivefold ministry gifts. The pattern is the church. It is your regular attendance. Excuse me, <laughs> and commitment to a local fellowship and a one of, one of the five full ministry gifts. So that system never changes. Jesus set that up while he was here on earth. And so that's never going to change. You know, there's never an excuse. I hear people say things like, well, there are no good churches in my area. And I said, well, maybe God wants you to start one. 
but you'll never start one if you don't learn how to be <laughs> submitted to somebody you know you came up with all kinds of excuses you know sometimes that's God's cue for you to start praying for him to develop a good church in the area so if people don't want to go to church they're certainly not going to be too inclined to pray diligently for God to set up something and so we we have all of these situations that help us to miss God's best for us and help us to miss what God is doing here on earth and and will suffer lack for it and will will get disconnected I guess from God's uh, from our ability to have God help us through the process of asking for what we need and many times we don't ask for a number of reasons one of the one thing we listed yesterday was it's out of habit if you're new at the things of God your habit is not to ask and so if it's your habit not to ask you won't ask and until you develop the habit and one of the sins in, involved there is the sin of pride. You think you can do it without God. You think you don't need his help. It, you've always been able to get what you want. One way by hook or by crook. And you want to continue to do that. And that's really what people like. They want to give less and less authority to God in their lives. And, and can obtain more control themselves. But you don't understand that once you've been born again, and I'm talking about believers here, somebody in covenant with God. Once you have been born again, certain doors do close to you. That God won't let you give your salvation away. So you can only go back into the world so far. The other thing too is more obstacles come to you because of who you are. And I think when people understand that you have the power of eternity inside of you, you'll understand why the enemy seems to be constantly after you to keep you from going forward. You know, you're always struggling to just get a little bit of blessing or get a little bit of this, and it seems, and all of this. And it's simply because of your potential, not because of what you do. People get that confused, you know. Well, I must be doing something great for God because the enemy's after. You know, he's after everybody. But when you're saved, you have greater potential just because you might stumble up on understanding the power of God. You know what I'm saying? Uh, one of those faith accidents they talk about. And so it, it's he can't risk you finding out the things that will make your faith work well. He can't risk you finding out uh, the power of God and what it feels like when you finally do lead somebody to the Lord and you see them grow as a Christian. He can't risk you finding out uh, what God will open to you if you're faithful in your giving. He can't risk that. And so he goes about seeking to devour people and keeping us from from stepping into that arena of total submission to God where we're satisfied with God as our source. And we don't need to stay outside of God's covenant where we're free to help ourselves all the time and we don't have to think about uh, getting anything from God. And so God in, in a way kind of shuts us up into a commitment to use our faith so that he causes your 
ability to accomplish things on your own he causes that to diminish you know he will close those doors for you to be able to get certain needs met without going through him because he wants you to develop your faith he wants you to see what it's like to really live the way he wants us to live the bible says the just shall live by faith which means that if you don't use your faith there's no life there for you you'll hurt yourself and frustrate yourself trying to live struggling and frustrating the grace of God and and working against your own faith and so God kind of forces us to use our faith sometimes you know the 11th hour prayer where you're right at the door of having everything taken away from you and then God comes through at the last minute well it's because you wouldn't even use your faith before then he forced you into a corner and you finally had to use your faith and then you saw that it worked so once you see it work you're supposed to say oh this is how that happens let me do this all the time <laughs> but we seldom do that nobody gets that excited about using their faith they think it's a chore that's why we want we ask, when is it when am i going to get it how long do i have to do how when am i going to do when 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 god when that's our big question when we really haven't sown enough to get a good good plant going you know and so God wants us to quit watching our seed. Know how you get bored doing that? If you say like you're planting a garden for the first time, you go, oh, I'm so excited. I just can't wait for my tomatoes to come up. And you keep running out there every day. And then finally you just get sick of running out there. Well, nothing's happening all this time. I guess I can't watch this forever. And so you quit looking and then suddenly before you know it there's something green sprouted out and, and, and it surprises you. <laughs> Even though you say you've been expecting it all along. We haven't been expecting anything. We're being afraid that it's not going to happen. That's why you keep looking. When you get in fear what happens? You slow the growth process faith is the only thing that's going to make it grow you keep watching it keep asking when God when all you do is put doubt in the atmosphere and that slows down the growth you got to remove that doubt and start getting really in faith because questioning God when is always a sign of doubt always true faith is certain and sure that they have it already if you have it already there's no when to ask about is there see i have to correct myself on that all the time because so i know that it's valid and i know it can happen to everybody all you do you've done now is slipped off looking into the natural and you're starting to question according to what you see not according to what you believe and so you have to force yourself back over into the realm of faith god i'm sorry here i am over in the flesh trying to get my flesh man to mind my spirit man's business 
That's what you're doing. You're frustrating the grace of God by getting your flesh involved in it. And so God lets us know that we cannot have when we start asking a miss like that. We just want it over with. We want it fast. We we're tired of waiting. Why are you tired of waiting? Hmm? What else are you gonna do? You got you got another God you can serve in the meantime instead <laughs> of wait for this one to give you what you need. Hmm? So that's just a flesh. Your flesh is full of nonsense. He'll say things that don't even make sense to the natural man. And you'll go about and believe it and start acting on it and living according to it because that's what we're accustomed to doing in the natural. So don't let boredom or or not understanding how to make good use of your time in between times of rejoicing and getting excited about what you got. You know, don't let that bug you. See, people who live by faith live in the knowledge that they already have what they lack in the natural. So living by faith means that you know you have it already. So there's no lack experienced. You don't know what lack is. All you know is contentment where you are. That's the faith life. But you are looking for greater experiences in God at the same time. So Paul said, I know how to be full and how to be hungry at the same time. The reason we feel lack is that we focus on what we don't have yet. That's your focus. I mean, you can let the glass can be half full or it can be half empty. It's your choice. The pessimists and the complainers, everything's half empty. They look at things the way it's, it's, you know, toward the empty side. The person who is full of faith says, I got it already. Don't look at that. It doesn't have to be half anything. I have a full glass at all times because I'm believing God for things he has promised and he will deliver. If you believe he will deliver... Then you don't have any half full or half empty anything. Everything's full all the time. And you are looking for greater adventures in God. I am full. I have have more than enough. I know God's going to do this for me. I have full confidence in him. He is a faithful God. And I know that it will come to pass because he will bring it to pass. And this is how we must live. If we're going to live as faith people. That's the way faith people think and the way they live. They don't focus on what's not here yet. Because they see it already here. It's here. Now, what do you do if you don't think like that? You make yourself think like that. Get in the word. Meditate on the word. Until you have washed all doubt out of your soul. It has to be washed out. You can't just replace it with some happy thought. And I'm just going to think positive. I'm not going to think negative. You've got to renew your mind. There's a, a spiritual cleansing that comes into your soul when you meditate on the word. This does. That meditation causes 
that word to cleanse your soul in such a way that you are a new creature. Got me? You you don't you're not you are not the old person anymore. And so don't help the devil by you know, he tries to resurrect the old man all the time. He'll you'll you'll be looking into the realm of the spirit and being satisfied with what you just read in the Bible and all of a sudden he'll come up and say, Well, what about this? <laughs> Did you look at this lately? <laughs> huh? Why do you? Why are you living in denial? This is real. You, I remember people. You know when you would speak that you were healed already, and uh, you know people who call themselves faith people would say, "Well, you know, uh, you don't have to deny. You know, you have to make sure you're not in denial." No, I'm in faith, because I'm denying that that thing is real to me. What's more real to me is what God says. That's the reality I live in. I don't care what I feel. I don't care what it, what thought comes to me. That's the reality that I live in. Is that I have it already. God has already given it to me. There is no place in the Bible you see God telling his people. I'm going to do this for you. I have given you this already. Go up and take it from the idiot's that are are using it and mismanaging it i want that back under my people's authority so i can get some glory in this earth that's really what he's doing and if we think like that and we understand that that's what redemption is all about see when when god's people are in control the whole world is better everything works better because they have god to guide them and lead them and help them in what they do it's all better it's not worse so there is a reason God wants his people to possess and that so he can get involved not because you're so much better he told Israel that he says I didn't choose you because you're mightier than everybody and greater in numbers or any great thing he said but I chose you because them people are evil and if you belong to me, I have a chance to get goodness into the world. I have a chance to get some people in the world who live right, who live by good rules, who treat people right. All he said, I have a chance to get my laws into the earth by allowing my people to possess and manage for me. But you've got to be careful you don't get over into self-will once God's given you things. Got me? You've got to learn how what stewardship means and all of that. You know, it's not just stuff. And so, when, the more we understand that, folks, the better off we'll be, and the greater uh, responsibility God will give us in His kingdom, the greater joy and contentment you have in your life. You, God, didn't save you just to wait on Him to do one big thing in your life. He saved you so you could have a full life every day. You're not just sitting here waiting on him to give you something so you can be happy. That's so carnal. You know, that's one of the reasons we don't have what we ask for is that we're asking amiss. So one of the reasons we don't ask is because of lack of faith. What we just talked about. Being confident and being assured that something belongs to you. You will ask in faith. If you lack faith, you don't ask. 
You ever try to pray for something it's almost like you're forcing the words out of your mouth or uh, you know kind of forcing a good confession and on top of all the doubt in your head and you don't really believe it but you're going to say it anyway and try to see how that sounds and it sounds real hollow and it's insincere we know when we we've got faith but you know when when you have faith in your heart you can't help but say certain things a certain way you understand what i'm saying like if you're confident that you're healed you will never complain of sickness again you just won't you won't complain of symptoms you won't complain of anything in your body it takes discipline it takes concerted effort and it takes meditating in god's word to make you do the right thing with your thoughts and with your heart and with your mouth but you can do it the bible says faith speaks like this what you believe in your heart you confess with your mouth if you believe in your heart that you're sick and there's no help for you you will say that but if you believe in your heart that you are healed you will say that and so you but you have to make sure that you fill your soul with the word of God you got to fill your heart with the word of God you got to study and meditate on the word and you got to get out of this mentality that your pains mean something they don't mean in your situation what they mean to a sinner especially if Jesus carried it already he took your pains already so your pain doesn't mean anything you know, we are so used to getting attention for little things you know every little ache every little pain we whine about we're accustomed to drag, drawing attention well God is <laughs> come on that's not the way to get attention from him the way you get attention from him is saying father i feel pain and i know you've took taken it already so ease this off of me show me how to get myself back meditating right show me how to start speaking and confessing in fact it should be an automatic thing when pain hits you you speak to that pain you don't keep whining and and talking and talking to god about it thank father i thank you self took my pains and took to carry my infirmities care how much it hurts because see what will happen is you'll start thinking it means i wonder what this means what should i go to the doctor well let me call the doctor and complain and give him this pain i lived like that for years when I was a sinner, every time something happened, I had to check it out. Especially being a nurse. You know, you lived among the sick all the time. Nurses and doctors always were scared they had cancer. You know what I'm saying? Because you're around so much sickness all the time. You can't help but think like that. And so I can remember every little thing that bugged me. It was a big deal. Well, I didn't have any word. I wasn't saved. I didn't have a covenant with God. I didn't have anything in me to help me when i found out that you didn't have to live like that oh my goodness huh the devil never should have let me find that one (laughs) he never should have let me find that in the bible and so it it began to dawn on me that it was a matter of me making that thing obey my faith 
you can make pain obey your faith. You have to be determined to do it. You can't start and see if it's going to move and then like try it and quit. Like what else do you have to try? Huh? What else is there out there? So that's why people wind up in the doctor with all kind of crazy diagnoses and stuff like that. I remember I, I had pain so bad it hurt me constantly. Some, something in my hip and I didn't know what it and I had to take see, something I ate. I took a day off of, of one of our monthly meetings because I decided I was going to get in the word until it left. Not try it and if it didn't leave soon enough I'd go to the doctor. I decided I would stay in the word until it left. Got me? That's what you do. You stay in the word until what you need comes, till what bugs you leaves. That's faith. Faith is not trying stuff out for a minute and if it don't help you go back to what you were doing before. It's a commitment to stay with the job till you get the job done. So lack of faith keeps us sometimes from asking. It's just not readily in us to ask. And so the way God helps us sometimes is with the prayer of agreement. Because agreement will always bring you what you desire even if your faith is lacking. Huh? Agreement will always bring you what you desire even if your personal faith is lacking it will he says wherever two are you two of you or more of you agree concerning anything you ask you can ask anything under the power of agreement and it work for you i remember the day pastor shirley bought her house it's been close to 30 years ago it's been over 30 years ago think yeah it was in almost 1990 so it's getting close and for some reason we just prayed and we were blessing her house and I said Lord we thank you that this house is paid for in Jesus name and she will never miss a house payment you know in 30 years she never missed and her husband was with her then he subsequently left and she never missed a house payment and her house is almost paid for you got me you, when you agree on things and see I, I'm not going to be moved by what goes on over in her house. See I'm more adamant about things I've agreed with people on almost than my personal things. You got me? Why would I start looking at the natural and doubting what we agreed? It's harder to doubt agreement prayers actually than it is to doubt individual ones. There's something about agreement that has an insurance policy behind it. You see what I'm saying? Because God said, I'll do it for you if you agree. So that's what's holding that promise together is God's word that secures he will do it if you agree. That's why the devil keeps people fighting each other so much. Striving against each other over petty little small things. You got me? Because he knows the power of agreement. If he can get you to, I don't want to do it that way. Well, why can't we do it my way sometimes? Agreement also humbles us. 
You know what I'm saying? You got to lay down the sword for the greater good. And sometimes you don't want to lay it down because you want to be right. But I'd rather have it because I agreed on it than to be right. Being right is like a trophy that goes nowhere. And one of them cheap trophies you can buy at Walmart or something and they press a little some letters on it or something. That's what that's what being right is is, you know, it means nothing. So lack of faith that something belongs to you will keep you from asking. Sometimes you can doubt even at the asking process. So if you, you don't ask Lack of faith is one of the reasons that people do not ask. And that's easily remedied. All you have to do is find out what the word says about that and stay in there until your faith grows. Every time you listen to the word, faith comes to you. Man, it does. It's guaranteed to come to you every time you listen to the word. That's why the devil puts you to sleep when you open your Bible or give you, oh yeah, I'm going I'm to get to that word when I get finished with so-and-so. <laughs> and you never get finished goofing off. And so, you know, you just have to discipline yourself and say, nope, starting off with the word. I found out to get the jump on the devil is get that word open first thing when your eyes fly open. And that way you get it in you. And you're not waiting to get around to it. Amen. So it's it's very important that you keep your faith strong through reading the word, meditating on the word. Shock you what God has planned for you if you just get in the word and find out. So lack of faith that it belongs to you will keep you from asking. Another thing that will keep you from asking is fear that you won't get what you desire. And you prefer not to ask than to be disappointed so fear of disappointment also will keep us from asking oh no it's too big and it's too this and it's too that and I know I remember overhearing someone uh, um, a minister it was after a conference and one of the ministers was talking to somebody in the ministry and uh, they were saying that you know God had blessed them with this car and it was very very nice and they said you know they said why don't we we can pray and, and agree with you that God will get you one you know they refused out of pride yeah yeah refused to ask for something new and see this can be a pattern in people's lives where they feel unworthy so unworthy they don't even want to ask because they don't ever think they're going to get anything got me and see we'll carry those and those really are curses they're 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 they are um, self-censorship in your soul will you censor yourself and you, your soul tells you that's not for you because you've been told that all your life. And so we have to totally get our minds renewed. You have to risk getting out there and failing at something rather than stay where you're at. You got me? Because people who say sometimes, you ever see people that never take care of anything? You can give them very nice things and pretty soon it's fallen apart or it's destroyed. It's because their soul is rejecting ownership of something 
because they feel either unworthy or they've been told all their lives they can't have anything. And so they rather say, I don't want it in pride than to fear reaching out for it and being told again they can't have it. It's like a self-censorship or a self-rebuke in your soul. Now we all have little things like that. You know, you you'll start to your imagination will start to imagine you with something that gives you a lot of joy on the inside, a lot of delight, and then pretty soon you'll go deflated like the air comes out of it. And you turn away from it and you go, oh well, or you say, mm, that's okay, or no, that's all right, eh, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, you have to understand that your soul works against you in a great way, uh, against you for the things of God. And, and, and see, some people are perfectly willing to work hard for something, but they don't want to ask. And that's the other thing. Somehow asking has has some kind of negative connotation in our minds. Like um, like it's begging. Like you, well you could get that yourself. You know, you don't have to ask God for that. You could do that yourself. Why, why bother God with these petty things, you know. So that inner rebuke in your soul is something that will keep you from asking. You keep telling yourself enough things are not for you then you'll start believing pretty much nothing's for you. You know, I mean, after a while it's like, well, what can I ask for? You know, I mean, what is there for me? And so you have to humble yourself. The Bible talks about humility. You have to humble yourself and take a chance and do things God's way to be able to see the blessings and benefits of this covenant that we have with God. Other than that, many, many things that God has for us will go lacking from our lives. Uh, One of the things that I had to get accustomed to as a minister uh, was people uh, giving me things personally. You know, I mean, I realize people want to bless you and and all of that. And it it took a little work for me to understand that they were, were trying to express some appreciation for what I do as a minister. And I had to receive that because that is part of God's system of giving and receiving so that they will be blessed by sowing things toward my life as tokens. It's not, you know, that, that they're taking care of you or you're dependent on people or anything like that. But I know that many ministers see it that way too. They see those people as obligated to take care of them. Well, that's not true. God takes care of you. God has always got to be your source. You cannot overlook God and see people as your source. You have to see God as your source. And he are, he's using individuals as channels, part of the way that he cares for us. There's so many ways that, that God does care for us. But that's part of the way that he will care for us. And so I had to humble myself and understand that I couldn't refuse when people would offer to do kind things or people would offer uh, certain things, you know, I could not refuse those things. That there was grace to receive it if I would humble myself. 
he gives grace to the humble so there's grace to receive what people offer you uh, because God has given us that grace I know people will call to donate things to the church I seldom refuse unless I really really know we can't use it and don't have room to store it Uh, but I will offer to find somebody who might be able to use it you see and not cut shut off a source of blessing in somebody else's life uh, because they you know sometimes they know you and they know you as a minister and they know you can they can approach you and they'll then they care about whether or not your needs are met and so there's a lot of of godly caring in these situations that we don't want to shut them off and and act ungrateful or or you know abrasive or anything like that and so we we have to uh understand that part of asking uh is the humility aspect of it on our part we have to humble ourselves to god as our source and then you have to receive it however god sends it and this is the other thing that people gets people in trouble uh, when people say, well, I want this or I want that or I want that. They often think, well, God send me the money to buy it. And oftentimes God will go a different route. Like he might have, say if you're praying for a car, you want a, a decent car to drive or you, you know, whatever you want. God will, will might have somebody just give you a car. You know, somebody who really wants to bless the saints or something like that will give it to you. And you have to have the humility to receive it and say, God, this is an answer to my prayer instead of, well... I really wanted this over here and not this right there. And so what God is trying to do is break chains of control off of us so that we will begin to trust him as our source. Got me? And and there are many things like that that God will do for us uh, to get us to trust him as a source. I know uh, some of the things that I've experienced in life... Uh, I've been introduced to through giving. Uh, like sometimes I'll I'll get something from somebody, and I said, you know, I never would have bought this for myself, but I really like it. You ever done that? Just a new experience out of nowhere because you humbled yourself to receive something from somebody. You don't know what what things God will open up to you in life to make your life more interesting instead of the boring stuff that you always get for yourself you know the white shirt and the black shoes anybody can do that (laughs) it takes a creative god to get you flowered shoes to go with your black dress (laughs) for a second you understand me i mean god will do new and unique things sometimes with your faith your faith can create things in a different manner than you ever thought needed to be created. So, well, that went over big. That's okay. I'm going to keep going. But we can't be afraid of new experiences. And your faith will bring new experiences to you. It's designed to do that. Create uh, interest in a different type of, of utilization of your time. Uh, different type of understanding uh, things that that 
are interesting and fun for you that you never thought existed before, uh, your faith will create all of that stuff if you'll use your faith. So God also, too, will give you what you want. You can't, faith does not work on things you don't want. It only works on what you do want. And I don't mean that in a, a natural or carnal sense. I'm talking about things your spirit man desires. Uh, there are things that your spirit man can delight in that your your uh, awareness or your, your flesh man has no no concept that that even exists. You know, your, your spirit man can make you aware of those things and make life interesting for you. Uh, many times I, I can can trust God to uh, say, well, God, I'm, I'm missing this. I've misplaced this or misplaced that. Holy Spirit, lead me to it. Help me. And before I look around, there it is right in front of my eyes. You, I try to keep constant contact with God like that. Now, most of y'all think, well, hey, yo, lazy thing, go look for your own lost stuff. No, it's about developing my faith. I want to live by faith all the time. I don't want to live on my own. Don't you understand that? You don't want to live on your own. You've done that already. You're supposed to have traded that in for the life of faith. Now you don't have to use your faith like I use mine, but use it for something instead of a, a you know an ornament or a, a you know a door knocker or doorstop, whatever you're using your faith for. But come on, let's get in here because justified people live by faith. You should want your faith engaged in things at all times the other thing that helps me with is having a reassurance that I am taken care of all the time and I want to know that God is taking care of me 24-7 I hope you don't mind but that's important to me now I don't have to I, then I don't have to depend on man I don't have to depend on people don't have to depend on anything got me God will always, he'll always help me. I don't get stressed out about people coming and going and leaving and, you know, all this kind of stuff in the ministry. That does not stress me out. It used to bug me. I used to think, well, well, what's wrong? You know, eh, nothing's wrong. People just doing what they want to do. But God keeps his work going. You got me? There's nobody here that's expendable. You know, I mean, that isn't expendable. Everybody is. Everybody can be replaced. And so just as people keep moving here and moving there, God brings more in. Why? Because we live by faith. I always have confidence. God, until you tell me you don't want me to do this anymore, I'll be here. You understand what I'm saying? I'll be able to do with you. And I have fully persuaded that I'll be able to do what he wants me to do. You got me? And you can too. Your life doesn't stop because somebody decided to go do something else. It never does. And so you will be here. Honey, when the, when the last person leaves your place of employment, you can keep that place open. If you know They'll have something for you to do if you believe God. So your faith can do that, folks. You don't have to fear that you won't get what you desire. I see young people, they, they're afraid of relationships. They have more fear than faith going in some of these situations. Huh? Well, I'm praying for a husband. No, you're not. You're not. Because you don't act like you're preparing for. You understand what I'm saying? There's an action that goes with your faith. 
action. Action, action, action. What do wives do? I don't know. We'll get in the Bible and find out. See, that's the first, that's your first step to going on the right road and getting off this fantasy island you've been stuck on. Huh? What does a wife do? Oh, submit to husband. See, this the one, this the, they, they don't want to hear that. Submit to husband in fear of Lord. Oh, what does that mean? You've got to find them scriptures. Understand what they mean. Well, how do you prepare yourself? By submitting to every other authority that's over you. I can't stand my boss. He mean uh, you're not ready to be anybody's wife. Huh? So that'll hinder your faith. Okay, so we got an X there. We can't believe that because we don't want to. See, everybody that's ever been over you is mean. They don't like you. They don't treat you fair. Huh? How how are you going to get married to somebody? Well, I would love my, uh-uh, no you won't. You'd be sitting back on wherever you came from day two. That brother get up and be looking for some grits. For breakfast and greens for lunch or fried chicken at dinner. He'd be ready to jump out the window. Well, I didn't get married to slave. And I didn't get married for all this. Okay. But yet you want to get married. Okay. See, faith will get you off Fantasy Island. It will get you into the reality of what life is all about. And what it means to partner with somebody in life, support their dreams, and support their ambitions, support their desires. Well, he got to support. Oh, we can't have no back talk now. What's your job? Submit. It doesn't say submit for a minute and dominate the next. Huh? Well, I can speak up if I found another speak up devil. Here we go with the speak up devil. Huh? I'm not going to be bullied. Well, you don't want to be nobody's wife, man. I don't have to put up with it. Ow! Hmm? We're getting 50 lashes here and there. See, you got one job to do. S-U-B-M-I-T. To say nothing about reverence and respect. Ooh. Well, he got to respect me. <laughs> oh, boy. Here we go again. Mm-hmm. Right. 
<laughs> Stay mad at somebody you work with every day for 10 years. What about forgiveness and walking in love? Then you wonder why they don't want and never want you to pray for them. Mm-hmm. They scared what power you're going to pull down in their lives. Huh? So see there's a lot to this faith business. And there's a lot to this business of asking. And my feeling is that if you ask in faith all this other stuff is cleared up. Because if you're afraid of submitting. If you've got any fear of man riding on you at all God is not going to bring you somebody now I'm not saying you won't get married but I'm saying God won't bring you somebody so if you want somebody that's right if you want somebody that God brings you're going to have to get in the God kind of faith for that Many times people get in faith when they finally get tired of struggling against what they don't want. When you start talking about wanting something from God, you don't go to God with, you don't want this and you don't want that. He doesn't work on negative faith. He works on word faith. And word faith is not negative. If you read the Bible, God says, I will bless you with this, that, and the other. He doesn't say, I won't give you this. He says, I will give you this. The won't gives aren't even mentioned. You got me? So you don't go to him with, I don't want this, I don't want that. That's no, you don't, you're not showing faith in God. You're accusing him of setting you up for failure when you do that. Amen. When really you've set yourself up for failure with your own thinking. You're scared of everything. Yeah, well, all you have in mind, in your mind, is what you've listened to all your life. From the goofy people that never know how to get along with anybody. Now you have people that are married and preach against it to you. Don't do what I did. Or they, they'll always quick to counsel somebody who's married to leave their marriage and they stay with their husband for 50 years. Huh? Running them over with the wheelchair in the nursing home, but they still together. Hmm? You have to be careful about stuff like that. So you get your faith from God in his word. He starts to inspire you. And get you to desire what he has for you. And his word, the same word that tells you what you have coming will take the fear away from you. So when the fear is totally gone, then you can step into the arena of faith and confidently pray for what you desire. People nowadays make too many compromises in their relationships. And when I say compromise, the things that are important to God get way down the list. And you start working on things that are important to you that really only last for a season. You can only stay happy with a spouse for so long. You know, they start being themselves and you start being yourself. And then we get problems. Huh? 
<laughs> so you have to put the things of God first and focus on those. What, what are the things of God? What's important to God? That you have a prayer life with one another. You don't, don't marry somebody you can't pray with. And I mean real getting in the spirit prayer. I'm not talking about they hold your hand and, and you know, wait till it's over with. You know, that kind of stuff. But seriously praying. They're in the word and you can discuss the word with them. You can come into agreement on the things that you desire. All of the above. That's important to God. And it should be important to you. And so many times also we don't have what we need from God because we ask amiss. And that means that you want to consume it on your lust. James James 4 uh, verse 3 I think it is. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. And God won't give it to you. Got me? Now you can go out and get it. But he's talking about getting it from God. God doesn't honor carnal prayers. He doesn't honor selfish prayers. He doesn't honor prayers like that. So when you ask amiss, you usually see yourself in comparison to others. This is where we get in trouble. We start comparing what we have with the couple across the street or the people down the road or I'd like to be happy like they are. Well, God creates a happiness for you that's distinct to you and to what you need and to what you want in your life and what you he knows what's going to make you happy. So he will create a happiness for you from the word. You don't have to borrow happiness off the ideas of what somebody else has. He has something fresh and new with your name on it. That's tailor made for you and your life and what you're going to need down the road. See when you're you're looking at every other person that got married and you not married yet. Huh? You start looking at that and you'll jump and you'll want to get. So okay now we're married. Now what do we do? And so God had something made for you that if you would let him inspire you and put that idea in your head and get get it in your heart then that will be something long lasting for you one of the great joys you can have is reflecting on how God showed you what you were going to do in the word and how he brought it to pass after you prayed and you saw it blossom and develop into what God called you to do. I don't think there's any greater joy than having what God promised you and you know you prayed and you know you believed God and you know you fought the devil and you know you received what God had for you and there's no turning back on that. You never have a doubt as to whether it's going to work. You never have a doubt as to whether it belongs to you and you never have a doubt if you're in the will of God. And that's a great feeling. But so many believers just don't have it because there's the, 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 their experience is mixed in with a lot of lustful stuff. Like, you know, everybody else is married and I'm not married yet. I better get married. I better find somebody. And see, that's, that rush, that push, that, you know, all that stuff is no good. 
you know you 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 will be disappointed because you'll look back and see was I really sure was that God telling me not to do this or and and don't get me wrong God will fix it if you believe him to fix it he'll fix it but if you're one of these people that thinks if it wasn't God from the beginning it can't be God down the road don't be like that but you got to see it through you can't quit on it you know you have to continue and you have to fight the devil and you got to get over in the will of God for both of you so you usually when you ask a mission you usually see yourself in a carnal way like comparing to others seeing what others have and then you want it God doesn't need your neighbor's possessions to inspire you he can inspire you just between the two of you you don't have to see anything anybody else has. Sometimes we can all only be motivated by sight, which means that we don't get in the word enough. If you can only be motivated by sight, you have to spend more time in the word. You have to be more motivated and inspired by God's word. When you when you begin to stay in faith and in God's word for things, you won't you won't have to confess it. You won't have to find the right confession, the right words. It'll be automatically there. It'll just be in your heart and in your mouth. And that's where you want to get to is in your heart and in your mouth. It's like when I was uh, looking for my uh, the house that I had to buy, uh, it, I looked for a house for a year. And I mean, I was looking every weekend. I was out there with a poor realtor. Uh, poor woman I felt bad for after a while and uh, Tony would go with us often and uh, she and Tony developed some kind of crazy relationship you know he always go get down and crazy with somebody crazy and they'd go in the house and the water wouldn't be on and she would be laughing so hard she said I gotta go to the bathroom I said well the water's not on I said cut it out with him you know (laughs) it was a mess but um you know it just kind of dragged on and i was getting embarrassed and not wanting to go anymore and and so i remember one morning just standing in the shower and i told god i said god just give me a house that's wonderful and that was the first time i'd ever used that word because i was busy looking for what was in the budget not spending too much I wasn't in faith, I was in more fear than I was faith. I never bought a home for, by myself before. That was one of the things. My husband was always there. and You know, that made it a lot easier. He was scared and I was scared. We put our two scared together. We had that much faith, but we had agreement. And so we we were able to accomplish a lot through agreement. But um, I can remember saying that word and thinking to myself where did that come from because I'd never used that word before because I'm afraid to because I thought it came with a big price tag got me let me let me help you with something if it comes with a big price tag God can pay for it you got me he wouldn't put something in your heart that he couldn't pay for and he couldn't give you and so I realized that I was shortchanging myself because of fear of 
spending too much. Fear of not having money to take care of myself. All of those fears came from my natural side. And in the natural, and so you think you're living by faith when you're married, but sometimes you're living out of the comfort of having somebody there. You got me? You're depending upon that person. And so God had to shift my dependency from my husband over to him. And it was uncomfortable sometimes. But I could understand what he was doing. And I understand why he was doing it. Because your faith holds up everything that God's doing in your life. Let's say this again because people, listen, people think they can, well, I don't have to have this because they think it's too hard to believe God for or it's not a big thing to them to want. And they think they can withhold faith from the small things and invest it all in the big thing when they, well, that's, that's carnality. See, that's consuming upon your lust because you really desire this. Just because you can't see why God wants you to have something, it doesn't mean that it's not part of what he has for you. You can't see what he, why he wants you to have stuff sometimes. You can't. You think you've got to be personally invested in liking everything he brings into your life? You better start living. Are you kidding me? God had me buy this monster of a house and then I had to build another building on top of the property and with the monster of the house. People look coming by and look and they said, man, you got a lot of buildings here. This is a big thing. You did this all by yourself? I said, no, it's God. Trust me. I'm just being obedient to God what he put in my heart to do. We needed a building for all the stuff this ministry holds and all the the vehicles that we have to have to get here and there. We needed a building. You don't sit all that stuff out on dirt or gravel or something like that. You build a building for the Lord. And so these are things, folks, that I'm telling you, they're in your heart to do. But do I need that building for me? No, I don't. I need it for what I do for the Lord. And there are going to be things like that in your life. You don't understand why God has you working on this. And why he has you doing this and doing that. He needs it for him. Can we hear something to glorify God for a change? And so your faith is there for two purposes. Not just for what you want. Man, we've been brainwashed by prosperity. Because it's never ever come into focus for anything to do with building the kingdom. It's always been for personal. Always. And we've got to understand that your faith, the God kind of faith is in you to do God kind of things. It's there to do godly things. When God has you work and, and do things for him and use your faith, start building your faith for certain things. It's not for, for you, it's for him. I know many preachers would say um, things like, uh, I started praying for my ministry when God showed me a vision of uh, you know, thousands of people sitting in my meetings well how come you didn't pray for it when he showed you two or three why you really started praying when he showed you and and God knows what he needs to show people to motivate him you understand me 
if he's got to show you that to get you off of square one you know everybody wants big but I'm telling you he never showed me anything about who was going to be sitting before me he just told me to go preach you got me so you can be motivated by the big picture or great things everybody wants to be great if that's what motivates you wonderful but you're going to have to minister to the great and the small if you're going to serve God and so you know there are different things that God will begin to show us to entice us that it's worth it to get involved with him you understand me he knows his kids and so if he doesn't have to show you that and you can live by faith and do uh, cheerfully what God wants you to do no matter what your situation then that's good too just let God use you no matter people are born again mostly through one-on-one contact they're they're not born again and in, in, in you know flipped over in these great crusade meetings a lot I mean even though they're great and they're wonderful everybody wants to be involved in the mass but most people are converted through witness seeing somebody who loves God and how they live and observing that over time and then they're they're convinced about the goodness of God so you have to be able to see something in your faith for God not just for your personal wants and needs your life will be very very boring it'll be disappointing and shallow if you only see yourself using your faith for what you need because you won't develop much faith if that's all there is to it because you don't have to many people can go out and get what they need without God's help and so God wants us to always have our faith involved in things pertaining to the kingdom amen so if you can only be motivated by sight you're asking amiss because faith in God is faith in the unseen realm the greater blessing is when you don't see Jesus told Thomas he said blessed are you Thomas because you've seen these things he said but it's more blessed the the more blessed person is the one who can believe without seeing see we're more creative in the supernatural when we can believe without seeing man you know just believe God's going to use you and he'll put somebody in your path who needs to know him that you can minister to if you keep that faith rolling in you every day I'm telling you you will witness to people left and right there will always be somebody that God will use and, and just stay open to minister to people stay open to do whatever God tells you to do if he tells you to feed them feed them if he tells you to uh, give them something give them money give them money if he tells you give them bread give them bread if he tells you to give them the word give them the word but it's all ministry because it's all love and it all comes from the heart of God and those things keep your faith strong you will always have faith for the big things if you keep the switch of faith turned on in the little everyday thing find things to that God I want to do this your way show me your way to do my dishes show me your way to iron my clothes show me your way to do laundry show me your way to do I mean I, I've done that for years people think it's stupid oh you can just see you have to do that shut up you devil I know what I'm doing amen I'm keeping my faith in God strong so that if and when something bigger quote unquote comes along 
I won't be scrambling and nervous and scared and worried and wondering. I'll be in confidence that God has it already. And go to the word and get that strengthened. You know, you don't just flippantly say, well, God's got it and I don't have to worry about anything. This has to be real. You've got to cast that stuff down and allow your imagination to get full of God's word so that his word will come to pass. So how to ask in faith. This is what you want. Number one, meditate on God's word. Go in the word where he directs you. Go in the word where he directs you. It's good even if you have a scripture in your mind. Like for instance if you not feeling well by your stripes. By his stripes we are healed. We all know that one. Go in the word anyway. Go put your eyes on it. Go to Isaiah 53. Put your eyes on it. Start meditating on it. Ask God to make it real to you. Father I want this word in me. I want to believe this so confidently. That I don't waver. Ask God for assurance that it belongs to you. You want to be sure. Then ask in faith and release it to God. Don't pick it back up again. Let him then start to prepare it for you. And then feed your faith with thanksgiving regularly. So feed your faith with thanksgiving and worship until it happens. Just keep feeding your faith. Thank you, Father. Go back in the Word again. I like sometimes to feast on the promises. I said, boy, that's refreshing. That was good to hear. And then you go back and you feast on it again. If it helped you one time, it'll help you <laughs> help you twice, help you ten times. Certain times when I'm I'm facing opposition, I'll go in the Word. I'll I'll find some of the wars in the Bible where where God defeated enemies. In the Old Testament, I'll go back there and read those things over and over and over again. I'll get those accounts of how God came to Israel's rescue. How they, you know, some of the ones that, that you, you rely on, uh, you know, when you talk about God defeating Pharaoh because they held Israel in bondage. Uh, that's a good example of how when you're just obeying God, the enemy attacks you. But suppose you make mistakes and it lets the enemy in. Then you got to find some wars where God won those wars for people when they were at fault. Amen. Hezekiah started showing off all of the gold and, and silver in the temple to the Assyrian king. And that got him in trouble. They came back to claim that and that's what caused that war. Well Hezekiah had to go to God again. God told him he was going to die. And then Hezekiah pleaded again and God said nope I changed my mind. You can live. Got me? So you go to those places. Build your faith. You don't have to get defeated because you made a mistake. Good grief. You know, most of our troubles come from mistakes, whether we admit them or not. You understand me? And so we have to learn how to stay in faith because the days are evil out there, folks. You see what people are, every word's a cuss word on television. People are vulgar and profane and, and threatening. 
um, killing innocent people, mowing them down, like and slaughtering Christians everywhere in the world. Uh, you've got to stay in your word. You can't just assume, you know, life is hunky-dory and you can play around all the time. You've got to have some seriousness about you with God. Go to like like uh, uh, Daniel did. He prayed three times a day. He was surrounded with the enemy. Nothing but, you know, he had to work for a foreign king and all these enemy people. You better believe he hit it three times a day. Hit it more often than that if you can. But I'm saying because the Spirit of God lives in you, you can take your faith with you all the time. You can meditate on the Word day and night. You don't have to depart from the Word. You can keep the Word in your mouth and in your heart. You can always be feasting on the Word. And not be distracted by what's going on in the natural. There's problems everywhere. Not just in your life. Look out the, look out of the window at your neighbor. At other people. But, but you can still have that sanctuary between you and God in your heart. Because God will always be there. He's always feeding us. Always helping us to thrive in faith. Always healing us. Completing us. Helping us with everything. So, I mean, it's, it's really amazing what God wants to do if we will ask. But we have to keep ourselves in a position of asking continually. Putting it before God. Father, I would like to have so and so and such and such. It would be such a blessing for me to be able to get x y and z and oftentimes that's all the expression you need to do father if it's for me let me know just give me assurance i want to be sure that this is what you want from me even if you get a prophecy get some assurance that that's get it confirmed let god give you that witness on the inside of you sometimes it's something that we've been wanting all along and finally god allows somebody to speak it to us that's your confirmation get yourself in gear to start using your faith to cause that thing to grow and and you can have a pleasant life you'll have more than a pleasant life it'll be rich and productive when you live by faith and understand how to keep your faith out there working for you all the time amen father thank you for your word and for understanding we thank you lord for giving us instructions so wonderful to be instructed that means that it's for us when you give us instruction that means you want us to have it so we thank you so much lord for the great things you're going to do in our lives great things you're going to do in our families great things you're going to do with with our um, our ministry to to the uh, hurting and the suffering thank you so much lord for what you're doing for us in jesus name amen and praise god amen amen